0: welcome. Thank you for joining us for this episode from Avondale Baptist Church. We are so happy to be sharing the word of God with you and hope that this message is a blessing to you. And now, here's Brother Richard. (sighs) Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit, We know that you are moving. We know that you want to do a mighty work in us. But Father God, in order for us, in order for you to do something in us, we have to surrender. We have to surrender. And Father, there's people here that just don't want to let go of things that you want them to let go. And So Father, Speak to us, Father. Father God, the words that are coming out of my mouth, Father, I don't want them to be my words. I don't want them to be about me. I want them to all be about Jesus. And so, Father God, I pray in your holy son's name, Jesus, that you would just speak to your people in a mighty way because a revival needs to happen. Father God, we we have to have an encounter with Jesus. So, Father, I pray that each and every single one of us here this morning, that we would just focus on what you have to say. Keep us away from any distractions, because I know the enemy wants to distract us in what you have to say this morning. Father, I know there's people who are watching online. Being distracted right now as we speak. Father, I pray that you would clear our minds and open our hearts, Father. We need you. There's relationships, crises. There's financial crises. Father God, there's so much going on in people's lives. Father God, we need to have a breakthrough in our lives. And it begins with Jesus. Father God, I pray that that something will stir up in our hearts, Father God, that we would just put aside all of our selfish desires, that we would put aside our pridefulness, Father God, and that we would just focus on you, Father. Father, I pray that each and every one of us will have our road to Damascus experience with your son, Jesus Father God, we can't do it. It, It's all on you, Father. It's only Jesus that saves. And Father, there's some of us here that needs to be saved. There's some of us here that needs our hearts stirred. There's some of us here that needs our hearts softened. Some of us here have our hearts of stone, Father God. And I pray that you would turn our hearts of stone into a heart of flesh. Father, Father God, I pray that you would just be with me and that everything that I say and everything I do will bring you honor and glory. Father God, I pray that I would speak truth to your people. I do not shy away from the truth. Father, I pray that you would guide our steps, protect our church, protect our families, protect our community, Oh, Father God, I pray that we would not just be informed today, but we would be transformed. Yeah, your word will transform our lives, Father God, that we would leave here different. We will leave here with a new renewed spirit, Father. With a zeal to go out and share the love of Christ with other people. With other people that are lost who needs to hear and experience Jesus. Father God, I I want to surrender it all to you this morning. I pray that the Holy Spirit will take over. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will do what he wants to do with our lives and do what he wants to do with us here at this moment, Father. Father God, I pray that you would make your presence known. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 God is so good. Man, he is so good. He all the time, right? He is so good all the time. Man, if I could dance, I would dance. If I could sing, I could sing. Because I'm just so excited in seeing what God is doing. Philippians chapter 3 is what we're going to be. At this morning and we're finishing up our series of know it all. What happens when you don't know it all? And we've been talking about people who throughout the Bible who think they know it all. But when they had an encounter with Christ, it changed everything. But they had to be willing. They had to be willing To surrender it all. And my question to you, church. Are you willing to surrender it all? Are you willing to surrender it all? I'm so excited because I am a grandpa now. (laughs) Man, Roman, our oldest son... They, Him and Irene had their baby. She was born July the 5th, around 6.30 p.m., 7 pounds, 21 inches long. I'm excited. And I couldn't, we couldn't wait to see our grandbaby because I've always heard it from other people who are grandparents. Oh, that love is a different kind of love. That love that you have for your grandchild is different than any other kind of love. And I was like, man, I can't wait. I cannot wait to experience this love that I hear about when it comes to your grandchildren. And when we found out she was born, me and Becky just wanted to jump in the car and drive to Midland, Texas and go see them. But we couldn't. She had it at home, she had a home birth beautiful baby everything was good we just want to go see the baby we want to go see the baby and we want to be respectful and all right, well daddy you know what you know give us a day of rest wednesday thursday y'all come okay we made sure we cleared our schedule for thursday thursday couldn't get here quick enough we were so excited thursday is it thursday yet no no it hasn't even been 24 hours yet richard okay all right Wednesday mid-morning, Woo, Wednesday mid-morning, we were having pictures, and Roman texted us and says, hey, y'all can come today. Y'all can come today and visit us and visit the baby. Salem, Rebecca Cunha is her name. Woo, I, we dropped everything. Within one hour, we were on the road. We made arrangements with our work. We made arrangements with everything. We went and took off. Oh, it was such a beautiful thing. And you weren't lying. That love that we experience. Whew, it's amazing. It's amazing. Later on in the week, I just couldn't stop thinking about it God convicted me. I just love how God convicts us. If we are willing to hear what the Lord has to say, if we are willing to stop what we're doing and spend time with the Lord, the Lord will speak to us. And a lot of times, he says things that we do not want to hear. And he says something to me that I really didn't want to hear, but I needed to hear it. He says, Richard, just like you dropped everything to go visit your child, your grandbaby, you made time to see your granddaughter. You dropped everything to spend, to drive two hours away, to spend a few hours with her, and to have to drive back. He says, when was the last time you dropped everything for me? When was the last time? You got so excited because of the things that I'm doing in your life, because of the love that you have experienced with me. When was the last time you dropped everything and just spent an hour with me? (laughs) God was not telling me this to make to make me feel guilty. He was teaching me something. He's already teaching me things through my granddaughter that I didn't even expect within 24 hours he was going to teach me. See, if we allow our hearts, if we allow our thinking to be focused on God and to truly listen to him, we're going to experience him like we've never experienced him before. See, our God, Our God, the Jesus that we follow, is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He doesn't change. He doesn't change. The same power, the same resurrection, the same grace, the the same love, the same mercy that we hear and read about in the Bible is the same today. It's the same that we can experience in our own lives. Somewhere along the line, along the way, we get so caught up in life. We get so caught up in our personal desires. We get so caught up because our life is not, not, we expect it to go one way and it goes another direction. And we tend to get mad at God and we tend to just put him on the back burner. We tend to just put him to the side. But he's always wooing us to come back. He's always working to get us back on track. But it's up to us, me, you, if we make that choice. God is so good. We're finishing up our series of Know It All with Paul. I love Paul's life. Paul, that used to be Saul. When he was Saul, he was persecuting Christians. He was persecuting people who followed Jesus. He had a zeal for that. He knew the law. He was a religious man. And everything that he was doing, he thought it was right, it, it was right in the eyes of God. Sometimes we feel that the things that we are doing, the things that we are saying, are right in the eyes of God, and actually it's not. See, Paul had this transformation. He had his encounter with Jesus, and I want to remind you, this was after the resurrection when Paul had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus has already died on the cross. So Paul's encounter was after the resurrection. We are living in that part of history now. We are living in the days where we can have that power. We can have that experience, that love of Christ. The same experience that Paul had here. He, We have those same experiences. There is still a need of a Savior today. Man, there is. You know what? Let's just cut through it. There is just no way around it there's no way to water it if you do not have jesus christ as your lord and savior and you haven't had that encounter where your life has surrendered to him and that you are different because of christ if you have not experienced that you will not go to heaven do you understand there are families in our lives that are going to hell There are families that are going to hell that God wants to use us as vessels to share the gospel of Jesus with those who are lost. That's amazing and scary, but it's the truth. It's the truth, church. And Paul has his encounter. Paul had the credentials. He had the knowledge. He had the wealth. He had it all. And even he had an encounter with Christ. Does not matter how wealthy you are? It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter your circumstances. It doesn't matter where you are in the corporate ladder. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs to have their road of Damascus experience. We are in need of a savior No matter of our education, no matter of our finances, no matter of our careers or our social status. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone. Philippians chapter 3. We'll just read through it. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 4. Although, or though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law of Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me? These I have counted a loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ that I may gain Christ so I can gain Christ and be found in him not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. See, we know. Paul was very educated. He knew the law. He had the the credentials to be a leader, to be a religious leader. And he says that he lays out his credentials. Credentials. The Apostle Paul, he's a Jew from the tribe of Benjamin, was born a a Roman citizen. And he had the Hebrew name Saul. He was Saul. He was brought up a Pharisee. He was a very highly educated religious leader. He was, a, he was skilled in the Jewish law and, and in their traditions. He knew the tradition so much that he was killing people who followed Jesus. And to fast forward, he had his road to Damascus experience where he was confronted. By Jesus. Why do you persecute me? Why are you after people who love me? And he was blind. And we see later he gets his sight back and he is baptized, and his Paul became. Or his name became Paul. And we read in Philippians 3 that. How he is striving to live in humility. See, Paul had every right to boast. If anybody had the right to boast, it was Paul. He had the experience, he had the education, he has the upbringing. He knew the law inside and out. He had every right to boast. Yet. Yet. He decided against it. Paul was the chief know-it-all. He was the the chief know-it-all of all the know-it-alls. And we see him breaking down. We see how God intervened in his life. And when he had his experience, he chose, he chose the things of God. And I want you to know today, church, we all have that choice. We all have that choice: Are we choosing life, or are we choosing death? Not in a physical sense. Maybe in a spiritual. Sense. Maybe in a f- financial sense. Maybe in a relationship relationship uh, relationship sense. We all have a choice. We have a choice to worship God. We have a choice to not worship God. See, I love how Paul lists his impressive spiritual pedigree. He says, Look, I got this, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Saying that he has reasons for the confidence in the flesh. Every single one of us could have that same confidence in the flesh. But when we begin to have confidence within the flesh, we're playing a dangerous game. Because even the desires of our hearts can stray us away. Even our flesh can lead us in the wrong direction. I like his bold claim regarding the righteousness that is in the law. He says, if you're looking at the law, you compare the law to me, I'm righteous compared to the law. If anyone can talk, it's me. If anyone has anything to say, it's me. Because based on the law that I have followed, I'm blameless. I'm blameless. Yet. As a believer. He puts no confidence in the flesh. And that is the same with us. No confidence in our flesh. If we place our confidence in our accomplishments, in our finances, if we place our confidence in in our own earthly relationships, even if we put our confidence in our church, in people, it's all of the flesh. If we put our confidence in anything other than Christ, we will find it impossible to rejoice in the lord we we will struggle in our marriages we will struggle in our careers we will be miserable if we place our confidence in earthly things if i place my confidence in my grandbaby it's wrong If I place my confidence in my relationship with Becky, it's wrong. If you put your confidence in your pastor, it's wrong. If you put your confidence in the deacons, it's wrong. We have to make sure that our confidence is in Christ. In everything that we do. Our confidence. Is in Christ. My grandbaby. It's in Christ. My daughters. It's in Christ. My relationship with Becky. It's in Christ. My job. It's in Christ. My church. It's in Christ. My deacons. It's in Christ. You get the picture. Because if we don't we will be miserable, and we will be disappointed. See, to be steady and joyful in all circumstances, we must place our confidence in Jesus. We have to put our confidence in Jesus. And we see that. In our Sunday school class, we closed with Paul in the books of Acts. Acts. And I don't think it's a coincidence, but I think God wants me to touch on this. And we learned that when Paul had his encounter with Christ, he knew what his mission was. He knew what his purpose was, and he knew where his power comes from. He knew that right off the bat. And he went in. He didn't take time to pray about it. He didn't take time to to visit other people or other things or other churches to see if this is what... No, he knew what he needed to do. He knew his mission. He knew his purpose. And he knew where his power came from. And there's some of us here that are still wandering in the wilderness... And we see and we learned this morning. All Paul wanted to do was go reach the gospel to the Rome, to Rome. He wants to deliver the gospel to Rome. He knew that if he could reach Rome, things will be changed. The world will be changed. Why? Because Rome was in power. They controlled. They had control. And, and Paul knew that if he just reached Rome, He could share the gospel. And guess what? He finally got the opportunity. They loaded up all the prisoners and said, we're loading y'all up and we're going to Rome. And he was excited. He was still in prison. He was still a prisoner. He was still in chain. But for some reason, somehow, he had this freedom. And it was because of Christ. And we know that and in, they said sail out," they were in a storm. When he just thought that, "Man, I'm finally getting to Rome," they go into this storm for like 14 days." And it gets worse. They shipwreck. And now they're on this island of Malta. And it gets worse. They're freezing cold and it's rainy, and they're just wet and so they build a fire in Acts 27 and 28. As Scripture says that Paul was was gathering wood for this fire and it gets even worse. He gets bit by a poisonous viper. The people of Malta were seeing what was going on and he just Shook that viper away and started preaching the gospel. The people of Malta was thinking that they were, this, they were about to see this man die. They were, about to, they were thinking that they were going to see this man that got bitten by a poisonous viper that he was fixing to swell up and die. But he didn't because he knew the power. He knew the power. He had in Christ. Man, if I see a snake, I don't even want to get near it. I don't want to get close enough where I could touch it. Paul just shook that viper away and began to preach. And the people of Malta and that island received Christ, and they were changed. Just be reminded what all Paul went through. He still kept his focus. He kept his focus on the mission. He kept his focus on his purpose. And he knew where his power came from. I love to think of Paul as a radical Christian. That's how I want to be. I want to be a radical Christian. I just want to go and share The love of Christ with people in Sweetwater. And my prayer is that that would be us here at Avondale. That we look outside of these walls and we see what's going on in our community. Yes, life may not go the way you expect it. You may have to go in detours, but what we learned in our Sunday school class that sometimes our detours are for someone's deliverance. You hear me? Sometimes our detours are for someone else's deliverance. It's never about us, church. The only time that it's about us is when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and when we receive Him and He comes into our lives, now the game changes. It's about it's not about me anymore it's about you it's about the loss it's about other people and that's what Paul knew he knew he needed to go and share the gospel see if you have accepted Christ he took residence in you church he took residence within you through the spirit And gave you his righteousness. Not our righteousness, but his righteousness. See, the key to having a Christian life is not you living it. But Jesus living it through you. not you living it, it's Jesus living it through you. Not through religion, not through the United States of America, not through Avondale Baptist Church, not through Sweetwater, Texas, not through Texas, but through you. You understand, each and every one of you is living history of our Lord Jesus Christ. Individually, He wants you. He wants you. He wants me to be part of this story, His story, to share the love of Christ with our families, with our kids, with our grandbabies, with our friends, at our workplace, in our community, in our schools, everywhere that our feet step on, every piece of ground that our feet step on, we are taking opportunities to share the love of Christ. See, all the religious stuff that we do, all the religious stuff that we do Only becomes valid if knowing Christ is the goal. You understand? All this religious stuff that we do, all of you that are here and those of you that are watching, if you are here to just focus on Jesus, it's valid. But if you're here for other reasons, it's not valid. James tells us to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Are you here? Do you come to church to get to know Christ more? Are you here to come to church to grow more on him, or are you just here to see who's here? Are you here just to see what's going on? God convicts us. And he he uses so many different things. And sometimes he causes suffering in our lives. Suffering is a call to intimacy with Jesus. So whatever it is that you may be suffering with, whatever it is, maybe it's God using that to bring you closer to him, to Jesus. Not to Pastor Richard, not to Avondale Baptist Church, but to him. We all go through hard times. We all go through hard things. We see that in Paul. We know that about Paul. Because we also learned that... <clears throat> When another ship came for them. And took them to Rome. I like how in our Sunday school class, he talked about how they didn't have a welcoming party. Because they heard what Paul did in this island of Malta. Oh, he saved all these people. He he even healed people. Through Jesus Christ, Paul healed people of that island. And you think when he got to Rome, they were, there was a wonderful welcoming party. Oh, this guy named, named Paul is healing people. Let's, let's roll out the red carpet. No, he was still a prisoner. He was still in chains. But he still had Jesus. And we know that because there, when he was in house arrest, Paul wrote 13 of the books of the Bible. He was still on mission, even when he's in chains. He's still doing God's work, even when he was locked up in four confined walls. And just think. Just as God is working in that prison cell in, in Paul and we see how the word of God was spread out because of his writings. What can he do with us? What can he do with you, young or old? Because our mission is not done until he calls us home. And we see that. See, we're going to go through some rough times. But what we're learning as a church, that when we're doing God's will, when we are in his will, and we are on track of doing what he calls us to do and keep our focus on Jesus, we're gonna, we're gonna experience opposition. We're gonna experience some setbacks because the enemy doesn't like what is happening. I'm gonna end with this in Colossians 3. Do I have that up on the board? No? Go to Colossians 3. word says that if then, in Colossians 3, verse 1, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is all idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now, but now, you yourselves are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on a new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. See, church, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we are a new creation. And he tells us, keep our focus on earthly things. As Gary comes up and begins to play, he wants us to keep our focus on heavenly things. Correction, not earthly things. He wants us to keep our focus on Christ. As much as I love my granddaughter, as much as I've already experienced something new, (laughs) it still doesn't compare... It still doesn't compare to the experiences that I have had with Christ. He's just continuing to bless us. And he wants to continue to bless you and your family and your relationships and your careers. But we have to be reminded. We have to be reminded that we have to keep our focus on what really matters. So as Gary is playing. I just want you to just sit there and think about all that Christ has done for you. Think about all the blessings that he's laid upon you and your family. Think about that. Health, your finances, your relationships, your jobs, even your church, your community. And some of you are probably saying, you know what, I haven't experienced that joy because it's just one bad thing after another. Well, in the book of Hebrews, the writer tells us that God shakes things up in our lives and he allows things to be shaken in our lives so that we can see him more clearly and maybe that's what god is doing in your life maybe that's why you feel like you're going through a detour maybe that's why you feel like things are not going right because maybe god is shaking something in your life and he's telling you trust me trust and obey What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Thank you, Father God, for this wonderful message. We pray that it has been a comfort and a blessing to our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to join us here at Avondale Baptist Church. Until we see you again, always remember, Jesus loves you.